0: Messiah Jesus the Messiah can anybody guess what the title of message is today (laughs) I don't know how she does that but she just does (laughs) ah let's see let's see Tommy Tommy will you pray for us bud thank you I guess the the one verse that we'll kind of anchor on today is Matthew one sixteen. If you want to turn there, uh, uh, we're going to be all over the place probably, but that'll be the the anchor verse, I guess you might say, Matthew one sixteen. Uh, today, I want to continue the the uh, December theme, if you would. Uh, the theme being, I hope you remember that Jesus is the reason for the season and 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 I hope that that j- is not just a phrase that just flippantly comes off the tongue uh for the last 2 weeks and this week and even next week we we're going to try to uh put some meat on that bone if you would that Jesus is the reason for the season and uh I I hope that as as this Christmas time comes around that that you are more mentally aware I guess uh, that Jesus really is the reason for the season, that Jesus is that indescribable gift that God has given to all of us if we choose to. And that during this time of the year and even every day of our lives, that that uh, He must be priority one. He must be the most important thing in our life. And that's just not me saying that. Matter of fact, that's the The first commandment is not to have have no other gods before me, that that he must be priority. Uh, Even though when life is busy and life is stressful and life is dealing with sickness and other kinds of things, we must put him first in our lives because that's what he's asked us to do. So anyway, that's where we're going to kind of go today with Jesus the Messiah. Uh, we have looked at the last two weeks that that uh, verse Isaiah nine six, and uh, I think I think Dirk was thinking we were going to do that one again, and I tricked him today, so so he had to come up with a different. But but anyway, I, we want to hit nine six again in Isaiah just to remind you what we've hit on the last two weeks because I think it's just so powerful. Matter of fact, they even sang some of the words of nine six in Isaiah nine six. It says, "For a child will be born to us, a child." will be given to us. And the kingdom, the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name, his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And then today, we're going to add one more to that verse, I guess you might say. He is the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah. In Matthew 1 16, there's that verse. It says this By whom Jesus was born, who is called the Messiah. This is the first time in the New Testament that Jesus is referred to as the Messiah. In the Hebrew language, the word Messiah means to be anointed, chosen, and my word to be picked, <laughs> okay? <laughs> in the Greek, the word Messiah means Christos, or Christ, you might not have known that. So when you see the word in, in God's word, Jesus Christ, it literally means Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the Messiah. In the Old Testament times, they would anoint people with oil, And that anointing was to set them apart, if you would, to make them special, to have a God-given task in front of them. And they would be anointed because of that. So you can see that Jesus is the anointed one. Jesus is the chosen one because did not God kind of set him apart and said, I got a special task for you. And that task is to save your people from their sins, Matthew 1.20. In Isaiah 4.21, it says this about Jesus. It says, Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom my son delights. That's Jesus. I have chosen him. I have anointed him to be special. Isaiah 61.1 says, says this, it says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me, talking about Jesus. And here are some things that only Jesus can do. It says to bring good news to the afflicted. What would be that good news? That God loves you and Jesus died for you. That's the good news of the afflicted. It says to... Send me to bind up the brokenhearted. That's Jesus who does that. The Bible says that Jesus hears the brokenhearted. He is near the brokenhearted. He sees the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 37. Who is the great healer? Who is the great comforter? That is Jesus the Messiah it says to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. only Jesus can do that, can he not? Only Jesus can do those kind of things when we have our cap- people that are captive with sin, that are in prison with uh, the bondage of sin and the shame of sin and the guilt of sin. Only Jesus the Messiah. Can bring freedom there, can bring a cleansing there. Only Jesus can bring forgiveness there. You see, Jesus, the Messiah, even in Isaiah, Old Testament time, Isaiah is talking about Jesus, the Messiah. You know, the Jewish people uh, have never accepted Jesus as the Messiah. And I've often wondered, why could they not do that? I mean, it's just it's just so blatant out there, but they never have been able to do that. And as I was studying for the message, I, I believe I found out why they're not able to uh, claim Jesus as Messiah. And and and, and as I was studying and looking at this, I, I just become, I mean, every week, I'm just amazed about this book. <laughs> I'm just amazed about it and how, the answer to stuff is in this book. It's all over this book. From Genesis to Revelation, it is the answers to life's questions. So as I was studying this, uh, you know, why, why can't the Jews, God-chosen people, accept Christ as the Messiah? Well, I believe it goes back to a, a Bible story and a story that you are well aware of. And that story is about the prophet Joseph and you know Joseph the guy with the many colored coat okay whose brothers just didn't like him I mean he had a little bit of an attitude when he was young and thought he was a little special and and dad treated him special and 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 the brothers just didn't like that did they so what did they do they sell him into into slavery sell him into bondage and after many ups and downs in his life and many problems that came and and if you read that story, it talks about numerous times in those, in those chapters how God was with him, a key point, how God was just with Joseph. Even when Joseph was accused of, of, of lies, and he was thrown in prison because of lies, and, and God was still with him, the Bible says. And, and we know through these ups and downs, finally Joseph what? What? was raised to, the, to the, uh, uh, the office of prime minister, the second guy in charge of, of Egypt. And he was in charge of, of dealing out the, the, the money. He was charged dealing out the food. And you know the story. When famine came, he was in charge of handing out the wheat so people could eat. And as people became hungry and hungrier, we know that, that uh, uh, Joseph's brothers came to Egypt to get some grain so they could eat for the rest of the year. And we also know that these brothers met face to face with Joseph. And when they met face to face with Joseph, they didn't recognize him. I mean, it hadn't been that long. I mean, uh, they didn't recognize who he was. And, 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 and why not? Well, they couldn't recognize him because here he is. He is living the life of an Egyptian. He is Dressed as the uh, life of Egyptian, he is speaking the words of Egyptian, and and they just didn't recognize him. They would have, they remembered him as a as a shepherd boy, and here this guy is Egyptian royalty, and they just did not recognize him because they were looking for somebody else. They were looking for something different out there, and they just couldn't figure out that that's my brother, and I stand it. And I got to thinking about that. You know, that's, uh, I think that's why the Jews cannot accept Jesus as the Messiah. Because you see, the Jews were looking for a military guy. They were looking for somebody who was strong, who was arrogant, who was powerful, who led all these kind of armies and would defeat the, the Romans and defeat the Chaldeans and, and, and defeat all the armies so the Jews could be able to just uh, rest in peace, if you would. And that's the kind of Messiah they were looking for. And you see, they did not recognize the true Messiah. Because they had their eyes on this military guy, this earthly guy. They had no clue that he was going to set up a spiritual kingdom here. And we'll talk about that later. See, they're looking for something and they don't recognize the true Messiah. I mean, how often do we do that? How often do people do that today? I mean, they're looking for a Jesus, but do they really recognize who Jesus really is, the Son of God? I don't know. You know, the Old Testament is full of, of examples, if you would, about the coming Messiah. What was the Messiah going to look like? What was the Messiah going to do? What, and, and, and you don't have to be a rocket science to figure out that in the Old Testament they prophesied many times about... About the, Old, about the Old Testament being the, the message board for the new Messiah. You see, in, in Isaiah 9, 6, it prophesied that, that, that the Messiah would be a Hebrew man. He would come from the Hebrew line. And in Luke 3, it says the Messiah was born from the land of Judah, Judah being a, a Jewish country. You see, he prophesied one thing, it happened in Luke. It happened that the Messiah would become from Bethlehem, the Bible said. Micah 5, verse 2, that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. You go to Luke 2, what happened? The fulfillment of that prophecy. He is born in Bethlehem. We see in Isaiah 7, 14, that he would be born of a virgin. We see in Luke 2 that he is born of a virgin. Of a virgin, we see in, in Isaiah eleven that the the Messiah would be king, a king. We see in Matthew two that the wise men came looking for the king of the Jews. The Bible says that the Messiah would be one that suffered greatly. You look at Isaiah fifty three that the title of that chapter is the suffering servant. Okay. And it talks about Jesus and his struggles and how he lived and how he died and all that kind of stuff. prophesying that the Messiah was going to have a hard life and a hard death. You go to Matthew 27, it talks about the suffering servant and what he went through. What he went through as, as, as the king of kings and the lord of lords and as he went to the cross. You see in the Old Testament it, it, it showed us many times this is what the Messiah the coming Messiah the one who would save his people from their sins would look like. And then we see in the New Testament that that is exactly what happened those prophecies were fulfilled. And yet now we see people don't still do not want to believe that. You know God's word is is amazing if you if you ask me. You know but that's not enough to prove that he's the Messiah. We can look at the Old Testament many of the events that took place in the Old Testament point to Jesus as being the Messiah. Some of these stories that you've heard all your life and maybe didn't even think about it. But it is a a billboard, if you would, in the Old Testament that's saying, hey, (laughs) the Messiah is coming. He's going to be here. Listen to this story. Understand what this story is. Genesis 3 we can go back at the almost the first page of the Bible Genesis 3 we know what took place in Genesis 3 don't we It was the fall of man when when Adam chose to be disobedient to God sin entered into this world did it not? Sin entered in and God knew he had to do something. So if you go just to Genesis three fourteen, We see that that God is bringing judgment upon the serpent you're going to crawl on your belly, and you're going to eat dust for the rest of your life, he said. That is judgment. In the very next verse, in 15, he proclaims that the Messiah will be born of a woman, that I am bringing you and giving to you a beacon of hope that will last forever and forever. I mean, you're looking at Genesis 3. That's a long way from Revelation, isn't it? And yet, at that, even at that point, in that verse 15, he's saying a Messiah is going to come, Someone who's going to solve the sin issue that is in this world, and he will be born of a woman. That's good news. That's a beacon of hope. In Genesis 6, we can also see Jesus in the story of Noah and the ark, can we not? We know that Noah had been preaching for 120 years, building that ark, telling the people, repent, 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 and none of them did. And we know what happened. God brought judgment upon those people, did he not? As he let the rains come and and, and the foundations of of, of the earth opened up and the world is flooded with water. And yet before the floods came, what happened? God put Noah and his family into the ark, saving them from the perils of the storm. That ark is a picture of Jesus, the Messiah. Did you know that? It is a picture of Jesus because when we get in the ark of Jesus and we have accepted him and we are abiding in him, we will never have to face the judgment that God has for those who are unrepentant. He is Jesus, the Messiah, is the very ark that we get into. The ark of safety, the ark of security, the ark that will last us forever and forever when we put our faith and trust in our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. Jesus is that ark. In Genesis 22, we read about the story of Abraham and Isaac. Abraham and Isaac, you remember that story. Foreshadowing of the Messiah coming. God told Abraham to take his only son or his son that he had been waiting for a hundred years. Take him up the mountain and offer him as a sacrifice. A story that's really kind of hard to understand, isn't it? And the Bible tells us that that Abraham was obedient. And Abraham, the Bible says, put the the wood on uh, on Isaac, made Isaac carry the wood up up the mountain. And we know the story that he that he he built the altar and he built the fire there and he put Isaac on top of it. And before he could sacrifice Isaac, what happened? The angel of the Lord said, hey, stop, 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 Abraham. And Abraham looked around and there was a ram that said caught in the thicket right there. And Abraham went and took and got the ram, placed it on the altar and sacrificed the ram instead of his son. You see, Jesus is that ram, is he not? Jesus is the one who sacrificed his life. Jesus is the one who, who gave his life up for you as a substitute. You and I should have been on that cross because of our sins, and yet Jesus is our substitute. Jesus went to the cross for us, just like that ram gave his life on, at that day, so did Christ give his life on that day. You see, it is a picture of the coming Messiah who would one day, one day offer His up to be the sacrifice for all of mankind and their sins. I'm so thankful that He was willing to do that. And yet, people today and the Jews today and back then could not understand about that. You see, sometimes we, we, we study God's Word and we, and we read these stories and they go, these are very nice stories. These are very nice stories, but what do they mean? Almost every one of them will point you and me to the coming Messiah, okay? There's more to it than just a guy going up on the mountain, (laughs) all right? We have another example. It is in Exodus 12. Exodus 12, at the blood of the doorpost, God told the children of Israel to do what? Kill the perfect fatted lamb, the one that is spotless. And he said, I want you to kill that one, and I want you to take the blood of that perfect unblemished male lamb. And I want you to spread that over on the doorpost right up there. Well, that's crazy to do, isn't it? What's that going to do? And he said when the when the death angel comes, the death angel will see the blood on the doorpost. And the death angel will pass over your household, and you will not face the judgment of the death angel. What a beautiful picture of our Messiah. Because you see, Jesus died on a cross, and through his blood, we have forgiveness of our sins. And when we abide in Christ, and the blood of Christ is on top of us and covers us, and we're a part of that, the death angel cannot get to us, can he not? He cannot get to us because we are covered with the blood that cleanses all unrighteousness. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin, it tells us in Hebrews. Hebrews. You see Jesus is that blood And when you and I accept him as Lord and Savior We are covered with his blood And when, Jesus, when God looks at us Even though we are sinners We are still covered with the blood of Christ And judgment will never come to us When we die we move from this old world to, the, to our heavenly home Because of the blood of Christ You see that story is a picture Of the coming Messiah I hope you understand that One other one I want to give to you Then I will move on it is, in, it, it is in Numbers 21. That's maybe one that you haven't heard about. This is a little bit of a different story. Children of Israel out in the desert, in the wilderness, and they've been there for many years. And God had been providing for them manna from heaven, providing water for them. But after a while, they got tired of eating the manna. They got tired of drinking and there's not enough water, and they began to complain and gripe like we all do, don't we? I mean they're just not enough. It's too hot, too cold, ain't got enough food, ain't got enough. And they kept complaining about it to Moses and they began to complain to God that this ain't any good right here. So what does God do? He sends, the Bible says, fiery serpents to attack the people that were complaining. And when a fiery serpent, the snake, would bite them, it says they would die because of the bite. And what that is, that is a picture of the consequences of sin. That God will not allow sin to go on forever. But then he said, he said the people all of a sudden started thinking about some things. And they see their, their people dying because they got bit. And and, and because of this difficult time, and, he, and God does this all the time, I believe. That sometimes he puts us in situations that are so difficult that he makes us look up. He makes us look up to him, and that's what he's... Children of Israel were doing this. And the Bible says they repented because they saw God's hand in this judgment. And they repented. And the Bible says God repented with them. And, 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 and God gave them a blessing. And he said, now, if you would just take a pole and put it out in the, in the wilderness there and put one of these serpents on that pole and lift that pole really high so everybody could see it. And when somebody gets bit by one of these poisonous snakes, they will not die if they look up at the servant, serpent on the pole. They will live. Who is that a picture of? That is a picture of Jesus Messiah on the cross. When we look to him as our protection, as our salvation, guess what? We do not have to worry about judgment when we pass from this whole earth. You see, the Bible says, when I, if I be lifted up, Jesus said, I will draw all men unto myself. You see, you see these pictures of, uh, of Jesus, and you see that every, every Jewish person would have known these, and probably you guys knew these too. And here again, there's more to just the story. Because it, this book, everything in the Old Testament, New Testament, you know where that points? It points to Jesus, the Messiah. He is the hero of this book. The Old Testament, there's over 300 prophecies pointing to Jesus, the Messiah. And one day, he's coming back. Is he not? What an awesome, awesome book that this is. You know, what do these stories mean to us? How do we, how do we apply these stories to us? The Messiah would be born of a woman. God came down. Messiah is 100% God, 100% man. I don't know how that works, but he does. In Noah, we have security from Jesus because Jesus is our ark. In Abraham and Isaac, that God provided a sacrifice for our sins that we could never provide for ourselves. The blood on the doorpost is Christ's and his salvation that he brings to us security. And if we just lift him up in our lives, we lift him up, we accept him, we lift him up, the Bible says we will be successful in whatever we do. Maybe not materially, spiritually, and what's more important, physically or spiritually, to be successful. I say spiritually, if you would. You know, the Jewish people knew these stories, but they were blinded. How easy is it to get blinded in our own lives, okay? Okay? I mean, how easy is it? I mean, I mean we have an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. We have an enemy that will will he'll even bring up a verse to your mind, but he'll twist it just enough to distort what the word verse means. The Jews have been distorted, they have been deceived, some of us have been deceived in here. We mustn't be careful of that kind of deception. Well, the New Testament also has a few things to say about Jesus the Messiah. The guy's coming back to save us from our sins. has a few things. I just picked a couple so we, for time's sake. But in John 4, you know the story of Jesus had been traveling. And he stopped at a well, Jacob's well. And he, and he begins to talk to the Samaritan woman. Uh, Jews did not speak to Samaritan people. But Jesus didn't care. You know that. He was talking to them and they were discussing and, and saying some things. And, and uh, uh, Jesus was telling about her life and, and said, Why don't you go tell your husband? And, and she said, Well, I don't have a husband. He said, Yeah, I know. You've had five. I understand that. I understand. And then she makes this, this statement here and, and she, says, she says this, just like, just like people today. She said, I know the Messiah is coming. I know he's coming. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. Yeah, I know he's coming. Someday he's coming. And what does Jesus say you, you see it there? I who speak to you am Him. What's he saying? I am that Messiah. The one that you think you've been looking for, the one you've been looking in all the wrong places to find? Him. Jesus said, Yeah, I am that Messiah. In John 20, verse 31, John says this. He says, you know, I've, I've written the book of my book, <laughs> John, okay? And he says, I, I wrote down all the miracles, most of the miracles. He didn't write them all, but he wrote down the miracles. And he says, the reason I wrote those down is so that you would be able to see the Messiah. I didn't know that, the Son of God. And I got to thinking about that. Think about that, would you? When he healed the lame, that is shouting, hey, I'm the Messiah. When he gave sight to the blind, hey, I'm Messiah. Who's gonna do that? When he made the deaf to hear, I'm the Messiah. When he caused the mute to speak, I'm Messiah. When he healed those 10 lepers and only one came back to say thank you, that shouting, hey, I'm the Messiah that you're looking for, guys. When he healed Lazarus from the dead after he'd been dead four days, (laughs) hey, I'm the Messiah, the one you're looking for. When he lived this perfect life, Can you imagine living a perfect life? I mean, I can't go five minutes without some sort of sin. And he lived 33 years. Tempted beyond temptation. And yet he never sinned. Perfect, never a thought, never a word, never an action that went against his father. That perfect life just does what? Shouts, I'm the Messiah who's come to save my people from their sin but I think the biggest thing that he ever did and you know this he rose from the dead did he not rose from the dead the grave could not hold him could not keep him there hey I'm the Messiah look at me I am the one you've been looking for I am the Messiah I am that one who has been anointed Set apart from God. I have been chosen. I have been picked. I am Messiah who has come to save my people from their sins. You know, the Jewish folks just didn't quite get it, did they? People today just don't quite get it. They just don't want to get that he is Messiah. The Jews wanted military strong Defeat my enemies, kind of a guy. That wasn't Jesus. They wanted an earthly kingdom. That wasn't Jesus. They were looking at the wrong places, were they not? The wrong kind of people. You see, Jesus came, did he not? To set up a spiritual kingdom. A kingdom that says, I will forgive you of your sins. I will redeem you if you just believe in me. A kingdom that says you no longer have to deal with the guilt and the sin and the shame of that sin. I'll set you free if you'll just ask me and accept me. He said, I'm going to set up a kingdom where as you pass from this old world, you'll have a spiritual heavenly kingdom. And he said, by the way, when I leave here, I'm going up there to make your mansion for you. What's more important An earthly kingdom that lasts for 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years? Or a spiritual kingdom that says you'll live for eternity? I know which one I'm interested in. I'm interested in that spiritual kingdom. Aren't you glad he didn't come to satisfy the world and set up an earthly kingdom that was was here today, gone tomorrow? But he set a spiritual kingdom up. For you and I, to, when we accept Him, to be able to live with Him forever and forever. It's amazing. He wants us to live with Him? Are you kidding me? Because Even though I'm as, as sinful as I am, He still loves me? He does. And that's the good news of the gospel. Jesus, Messiah, came so that you your sins would be forgiven if you just choose Him. I, I, I just can't imagine on that on that holy silent night, okay? When it came upon some midnight clear, I believe the angels were beginning to sing joy to the world, don't you? Because you see, it talks about, they were proclaiming something, and this is what they were proclaiming. It says, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news with great joy that will go for all people. That for unto you today in the city of David, a Savior has been born who is the Christ, who is the Messiah, who is the Savior, who is the anointed chosen one in order to bring you out from your sin and bring you salvation. You know, they had good news on that, that bright early morning, did they not? A Savior has been born. The Messiah you've been looking for, He's here. He became flesh and dwells among us. Don't you get it? I don't know about you. that I don't, I don't think the angels got that one completely right. Because they said it's good news. <laughs> no, it's not good news. It is super caliphragically, whatever that word is, news. Okay? I can't even say it so big. Stupendous news. Because he's come to save his people. From their sins Trish that is better than just good news but the good news that they proclaimed was for what was for all people the gospel is for all of us if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior if he is not the Messiah to you you need to do that right now we are not promised tomorrow make him your Lord and Savior I know most of you in here have, but I'm going to offer for those that haven't. You can receive the greatest news of all times that God loves you. Jesus died for you. And he wants you to be forgiven of your sin. He's slow about that. He's slow about that. He didn't want anyone to perish, the Bible says. But all come to repentance. 2 Peter 3, 9. As we begin our invitation time, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Do business with the Lord. Is he your Messiah? Is he number one in your life? He came to save you from your sin. If you have sin that you've not confessed, I'd urge you to do that now. If you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, he says, come. Jesus is the Messiah. He is wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. He is Messiah, the long-awaited Son of God that dwelt here on this earth. As the piano plays, you do business with the Lord. You got something to say? You got something want to come and talk? Come on. I'm here.